You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on, Berto here? And Berto, we're back with another episode. What do you got for us today? Uh, so first I just, I, I came up with this on the fly, you know, cause I'm, <laughs> but I, I figured when I start, when we start talking about <clears throat> whatever topic it is, like, we'll just mention basically what the conversation starter is, you know, that way it's not perceived. The whole episode is about just one topic because then we don't have to explain why we always go off on these weird rants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, we got a conversation starter and then who knows where it goes from there. You know what I mean? So, Perfect. Uh, yeah. So, so today, man, where I wanted to start, it was actually inspired by uh, uh, one of our Patreon listeners. And he just, he was asking about the, I guess in so many words, like the atmosphere and what it was like, you know, going to, to nation meetings and, you know, kind of how they were run and how that's operated. And so it, it got me to thinking, you know, like me and my personal experience, you got to remember I was, I was probably the youngest Kasinka, I mean, that I ever heard of, you know, at 15. So I was like in really, really, I guess, unknown territory. It's never been, it's never been that way. So to have me involved in like a lot of these, you know, high end meetings with guys that got a lot of power, it was, you know, it's humbling, but it was, you know, it's, it gets a little scary, man, you know, because these are like life or death dudes and, you know, life or death decisions. And, and, you know, you're, you're living it, you know what I'm saying? So you're not scared in that element, but I'm just saying to have that kind of responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. is, is what I'm talking about. But, you know, so I, uh, I can say this about like the meetings and the get, get togethers, you know, they're not, they're not all like, I guess, um, sanctioned, you know, some of them is, are based on like spontaneous moments and, uh, just conversations that have to be had and they don't always have to be big organized meetings, you know, in order for it to be considered, you know, like a, a universal is, is basically what it's called, which is, um, you know, where you have more than not just one chapter, but, you know, one region together. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but those were special. Um, I, like I said, to, to follow, to follow the suit about, you know, the, the, I guess the, the unplanned meetings or, or, the unformal, uninformal, I guess is, is, is what it would be. You know, those are a lot more commonplace, bro, because you, it's easier to deal with people, you know, within a four person group opposed to a 30 man meeting, you know what I'm saying? And, and just the logistics of that and the dangers of it. So I know like for us, man, a lot of times we would have liaisons either directly from like different chapters. Like I talked about it before where Pup was kind of, he was the liaison for, for us in Chicago. And then there'd be times where we would go down ourselves personally. And um, we kind of did that. I don't want to say in shifts, but we did it, you know, like in different groups of guys and, and, you know, not just for the experience, but so that we were all familiar with, you know, kind of our responsibilities, bro, as far as our link to Chicago and how that shit goes. And, um, you know, at first when, when you're given that information, like, Hey man, you know, you're going to have to go, go down there with me, you know, let's go talk to these brothers down here. And, you know, when you get that, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's eye opening, right? Cause you, you, you're bigger than your own world now. You know what I mean? Like for me, 
I was a, you know, I was young, bro. My world was the South side of Milwaukee, but we were so much bigger than that as a, you know, as an organization. And, and so I think that was the first time where you get, you get a little bit more. Um, I mean, cause you, the, the nostalgia is kind of there, you know, it's like, you believe it cause you know, there's Kings everywhere. Right. But hmm. To, to actually experience that and be able to be in different places with different guys who grew up in different areas and they believe in the same thing you do, you know, that's when it really, it, it, it rings home, you know what I'm saying? And so I remember being told and given that opportunity and I was like excited about it. <clears throat> like one of the first formal get togethers that I went to down there was um, a huge party. It was like a, it was like a warehouse kind of bar situation. Um, and I've mentioned this before, you know, about how, when you're invited to a nation party that's ran by a chapter or chapters, like it's, you know, it's mandatory that you pay for every one of your members, whatever the cover charge is, whether they go or they don't, you know? And so that's like an element. And then, you know, we went into this big ass place and, and, um, man, there's, I mean, I don't even, I mean, if I were to say 300 Kings, you know, in there, (laughs) you know, and it's like every, you know, you got guys from every different, and I'm not just talking about in the place. I mean, it's like around the area, you know, around, around the outside, you got guys that are holding security. You got the, you got doormen that are brothers. And, and so it's like, it, it really feels like, I mean, in, in, in the gangster world, like you made it, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is there, yeah, like, this is, this is the real tie, you know what I'm saying? And, and all these guys right here, um, got my back. And to mm-hmm. some extent that's true. Cause if anything happened at night, obviously somebody else would be in a world of hurt. Right. But, you know, we always talk about the long-term effects and shit like that. And so, you know, that eventually that, that facade, it fails, but you know, I can remember being there. Yeah, man, you don't even, you don't even, you don't even, you know, introduce yourself by name, bro. It doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense to to do it because you're never going to remember names. You know what I mean? You're just kind of like, you know, what's up, bro? Latin King, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know what I'm saying? And, and like that. And so it's, yeah. Now when you get into a situation like, like we did where, you know, after the party was over, we went to a house for like an after set. Right. And so then you get more individual one-on-ones with guys, you know, and as, as I said before, this is, this has been a, con- this has been a, in, in my conversations before, you know, that was the first time when I met um, King Weddle when he was the regional Inca, you know, that was like one of the first times and being in those rooms, that's a meeting, you know, being in a meeting with, you know, 10 other Incas and Kasinkas from different areas, you know, a regional Inca, like it, it definitely, it, it makes you um, grow up real fast, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the atmosphere is obviously that wasn't like a, it wasn't a a sit down meeting. It was more of, you know, kind of informal. We were just there together. Everybody was talking and we, we made it like a closed door kind of sit down together. It wasn't something that was like planned, like be here at this time. And no, it wasn't like that. It was just everybody afterwards. I mean, be honest, you know, they always say you shouldn't talk about a lot of nation business, you know, guys are drinking or whatever, but it happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, and, um, you know, usually it carries over into the next day and, if if it was something where it was just a drunk thing, then cooler heads would prevail. And if it's not, then it'll it'll move forward. But yeah, so that that like that in that instance, bro, it wasn't like it wasn't like super strict. Now, there there are incidents, bro, where it does get like that. And you know, I would say the majority of of um like planned 
get togethers are going to be super structured, super security detailed. It's there's going to be a lot of different elements that go into it. And example, one time they had a they have like a yearly picnic in Chicago and um, it's at a park. And the park is like three levels, like there's a lower level, mid level and, and upper level. It's weird how, how it's laid out. And um, there's kings on every level, bro. And, and uh, you know, I remember the first of all, Tim and uh, Tim and Snuff were on the way to that picnic with boy and boy had his car and Snuff had his car and, and Tim and Snuff got pulled over and they both went to jail and <laughs> and, and um, you know, they were so mad about not being able to go. And and. Uh, yeah, so I just thought that was a side note. It was funny, but but anyway, so so these big these big this big picnic, right? So that's like a that's like a form of a um, obviously there's camaraderie. There's going to be a meeting there, you know. And when you get into like these situations, bro, it gets really really like I said, security detailed in the aspect of people are on the lookout for cops, but most importantly, like rivals. You know, it's not like you can fit, you know, um, 150 guys into a basement or you know, some attic. So when you have these nation get togethers, nation, I mean, they have to be in big areas like that, like parks and, you know, just obviously safe areas where it's your watch, you can watch each other, but it has to be somewhere where everybody can fit. And mm-hmm. so, but there's processes, man, you know, same processes that, that go for personal meetings, you know, guys are getting strip searched, maybe not down, but naked, but, you know, definitely down in the boxers and, um, you know, all those kind of, um, you know, formalities that go with that, you know, it happens. And, you know, the difference, the biggest difference is just the, the weight that your voice carries. If you, if you speak up, like I never spoke up, you know, cause I didn't, I, I, there was no need for me to. Um, but when you speak on behalf of an area, you know, you speak, like ultimately we would have been speaking on behalf of Milwaukee you know, there's a lot of weight behind it because you're, you're a representative of that. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like our meetings where it's just like all us guys, you know what I'm saying? And you're representing yourself kind of, you're, you know, in these kind of meetings, you're representing the whole area. And so, um, you notice that the weight of that immediately, um, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's crazy, bro, because there's usually a lot of, um, like before meetings, there's a lot of like messing around, like joking around. Guys are playing with each other and, you know, bullshitting. And um, and then and then guys get serious and, and you talk about business and you handle business. And even if guys catch violations, then at the end, you're back to kind of lighthearted and just being around each other. Um, I noticed from from being over there, like there was no there was no beginning warm up phase. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was just all business all the time when it came to Sundays, when it came to, you know, when it came to the meetings. And so, um, and I respected that, you know, but, you know, um, you could definitely tell the, the mindset shift. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about that, bro. You, you, like I, I've always, I, I've mentioned this a lot and, and this kind of coincides with um, a question I was asked, you know, from a, from a standpoint of, if I was still on good standings, let's just say hypothetically, if I was still in good standings with with the guys, you know, what's the worst mistake I ever made, you know, as somebody who made a decision, you know, decision making wise. 
And um, and I think it it correlates with what I'm talking about. I think one of the biggest decisions we made is we didn't we didn't separate we didn't separate the hierarchy good enough. We didn't we didn't make the chain of command stay as respected as it should have been. We kind of blended guys together. I, I mean, we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, how how we it was all about you know kind of fair treatment and and I think that you know that kind of polluted. That polluted the, I don't want to say the seriousness, bro, but it, it polluted kind of that respect element where you just knew better than to play around in certain times. You know, you knew when there was time to play, you knew when it was time to to, to be serious. And and um, I think we, we, we blurred the lines a little bit with some of the guys that we brought on. You know, they, you know, they went, they pushed the envelope when it came to um, being serious in times of seriousness and, and, um, you know, right up to borderline disrespectful shit. And so, yeah, I think that's the, that's one of the differences I noticed, bro, like as far as like Chicago and Milwaukee and just how that element of your life and that lifestyle is is really taken seriously, you know? We encourage the guys to study the manifesto and, and learn the prayer, but there's a lot of people that just didn't, they didn't get it. All the guys in Chicago knew the prayer you know what i'm saying i mean at least everybody i was around and so you know i think it just goes to show like there's a there's a different standard that's set and and that's not to belittle us in any way as far as um how we felt about being kings you know obviously we were willing to lay our lives down for it it was just it was just a different i guess mindset and, and a different way of being brought up and um that's not to say ours uh wasn't somewhat successful, but I just think, you know, we blurred those lines, bro. It progressively got worse. And that's what happens is because ultimately you empower people who didn't earn the right to have power, if that makes sense. You know, if you, if you're taking the power out of the hierarchy that you have in place and say, well, we're all equals, then that means that, you know, the day one guy that came in has as much credibility as the Inca. You know what I'm saying? And so there's has to be a distinction there. You know, yeah, I just I just think that was always that was always one of the biggest things. Like if I was if I that would be something I felt like we failed as a group. Yeah, but getting back to the so oh go ahead, go ahead. So swing back to the <clears throat> excuse me. Swing back to these these events. First of all, these events in Chicago, how often did they happen? Was there like a schedule for them or did it just kind of every once in a while you got a message that, hey, this was going on. We need you down here. Right. Okay. So um, the picnics were once a year. I mean, if I'm, I th- I'm, I'm almost certain they still run a picnic every year. Uh, I don't know if they invite Milwaukee anymore, but I'm almost certain, you know, that was like mm-hmm. a tradition that had, that had dated back to, you know, forever. So those are those are like once a year. And then you get like, okay, so the nation parties, those are typically like ran through a request. And so let's just say um we wanted to raise money. Our chapter wanted to raise money. Well, we would it would probably be Milwaukee as a whole, right? So let's just say, for instance, Milwaukee as a whole wanted to raise money. And so we said, hey, well, we're throwing a party and it's gonna be twenty dollars a head. And like I said, everybody you invite whether they come or not, they have to pay. So every mm-hmm. chapter, and obviously there's numbers. Everybody knows the number. I mean, not, not everybody, but I'm saying there's numbers on 
the amount of guys that are in chapters. Now, obviously, you're, you're gonna you're gonna try to invite local people. You know, like mm-hmm. your closest your closest people in your region, probably your whole region. And so you write, you know, obviously you like you request, hey, you know, we, we're trying to raise some money. We want to do this. And then, you know, usually nine times out of 10, the guys will be like, all right, go ahead, set a date. And, and then they start inviting other chapters. And so that's those are nation parties, bro. And those happen a lot. They're not always like universal invites, though, you know, so um, I guess it's just specific sometimes to who they care to invite or the space that they have allotted or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So those are nation parties. Nation meetings are scheduled, but not on a schedule. Okay. So, you know, so those, those, those happen organically and through thought and security. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's crazy, you know, to run this correlation, but it's just like, you know, if the president or any major politician comes into town, like there has to be motorcades, there has to be certain things set up in place and secret service. And, you know, it's the same thing for the guys. Like when you get to these nation meetings, you're going to have people there that are really, really valuable as far as the the Latin Kings go. And so um, naturally there's going to be a lot of security in place. There's going to be, there's going to be different routes that guys have to leave if something happens. And so all that is thought out and planned out. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's planned and scheduled, but it's not on a schedule. And that's, you know, that's for obvious reasons, right? Like you don't want to be predictable. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but you also have the, like I said, the, um, the more spontaneous meetings, uh, you know, a weekend visit, whatever it is, you just, you're driving down or, um, you know, things like that. And and you want to talk to somebody who, you know, obviously has, has, has juice and you request that. Those are, those are different. Um, they're all different, but they're all, they're all our tie to Chicago, I guess. You know, that's, that's what brings us down there. And <clears throat> I remember when we went down there, bro, it was crazy. We, we had like rented a van because the whole region was invited. So, you know, at that time, our region, the Southwest region, we had like, there was a lot of chapters, you know, we had the four chapters from Milwaukee and then we had like Racine, Delavan, Waukegan, all these suburbs, like that whole little region was all ours. Mm -hmm. Um, We were all in there. And so, yeah, there'd be a lot of, a lot of, different places that get together. And, um, and then there's obviously there, there goes invites go out to people that aren't necessarily in that region. When you go to like, uh, you know, nation parties, because so full circle, there was a nation party thrown in Wisconsin, but it wasn't for Milwaukee. It wasn't our chapters. I, I want to say it was for like the guys in Delavan through it or something like that. Cause it was in Elkhorn. I don't know if you know where Elkhorn, Wisconsin is. Yeah. Um, but it was there there was like a little hall there that the guys had rented but obviously we had like you know we had like first rights to it because we were from milwaukee we're from wisconsin and so the guys actually you know they invited us first and so um <laughs> this is this is the one where i i i think i told you we actually drove out there in like a stolen f-150 and you know we had like the truck out there and this was the first time i met the new regional Inca that took over for Weddo after Weddo was, was given his, his SOS. And this is when that, this is, I remember that time was like kind of when, matter of fact, I remember exactly, it's crazy. I remember exactly what day it was because the following day was mother's day. I remember that because we stayed up the whole night, bro, into the next day. And it was mother's day the next day. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was crazy. But um yeah, so you have those you have those moments, bro. And then, you know, like it's 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 a crazy feeling, man. It's like a crazy uh inspiring kind of feeling, bro, when you can look around and think that, okay? Cuz that's ultimately what it is. It's a thought. It's not the truth, but you can look around and think that, man, like all these guys are all my guys. You know what I'm saying? We don't even know each other, but we're here for each other. Like we're all and that's true to some extent, but you know, the overall overarching theme is that you know that kind of shit it doesn't it, it doesn't last. It's not sticky. You know, it's it's here today, gone tomorrow, you know? Um obviously I don't remember ninety nine percent of the guys I ran to that night. But who <laughs> knows? Who knows where a hundred percent of those guys are today? You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the characters in the story that like just like Weddle, <clears throat> for example. Obviously he's not there anymore, you know. <clears throat> Me, Pep, you know, <clears throat> Pep obviously he's not active. Um, <clears throat> Revy, Revy was on, he's on the run now. So like you just go over these. And so now imagine incorporating their, all the stories of all the guys that were there, you know, like mm-hmm. what happened with their lives? What did their lives, what did their lives turn out to be? How many of them are still alive? And I think that's a crazy thought, bro. When, when you really, when you really put, when you really put it in your mind to try to figure out like, damn, man, we were, we were gung ho for each other, but, uh, it was just an illusion. You know, you're willing to die and shit. And it's crazy, bro. Like it feels empowering. You're there, you look around, you're like, damn, man. And, and then, you know, there's like a stage. I remember there being like a stage and, and Kings would be up there rapping and they played like the nation song. I've told you that before. Like we have a nation song. See, we, see, it's just, it's natural. They, <laughs> they have a nation song. Um, yeah. So it, it's crazy, bro. Like those, those, you can see why the propaganda that surrounds being, especially from the gang that I was from, why it just, it draws you near, bro. You know, I talked with you about just even the simple shit in the manifesto and just how it, how it ties into your daily life and, and all that shit. And, and um, as far as like learning it <clears throat> and um, applying it and all that shit, like, yeah, we know there's a big distinction between the two, but learning it was like something that I feel like there was a few guys who were dedicated to doing it. You know, they were dedicated to understanding it. <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. Maybe if I sat down for a day or something and practiced, I could probably remember the prayer. It's been so long, you know what I'm saying, since since I've had to say it. I remember I remember a lot of the book, bro. You know, just I, I mean, I remember looking at it, you know, not word for word, but I'm saying like I remember looking at it. I remember the concepts and the themes and it's just, it's, you know, I can understand the question you know, that the viewer wanted, he wanted to understand, you know, the brevity of it, just how, how thick was it, man? And it was, bro. It was. I mean, you think about, you know, Milwaukee, Chicago, yeah, sure, they're not geographically, you know, extremely far apart, but to have groups of people basically in a militant mindset, studying the same exact philosophies, you know, that know nothing about each other, and they're tied together. I just think that that says a lot about what that what that book actually did, as far as like bringing people together. And I'm sure if you would have talked to them, you would have learned that <clears throat> how the way you interpreted everything you read and the way they interpreted everything was probably greatly, greatly different. You know, like they probably had completely different philosophies than what 
what you might have had just because of the way it was interpreted. And over the years, how it was taught to them as opposed to taught to you, which is really interesting. Right, right. That's true. Uh, you know so, what? And and I'll oh, go ahead. Well, my the other question I wanted to bring up was about, so like the picnic you said was way more structured and it was way more, there was kind of, I got the, I get the impression there was an agenda to it. It's, yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't it's, just it's, a bunch of kings hanging out, basically, right, right, right. No, I mean, and they were strict, bro. Like, um, like Toot, I remember they told Toot, like, first of all, you weren't for that day on that level because I told you there was different levels of the park. On that day, for the level that Toot went, and it was like Toot, and I think Angel, they made them like. I think Angel had like a black and gold hat. He made him take, they made him take it off and they made Toot take off his jersey because he had a 19 jersey, which, you know, obviously represents 19th Street. And they didn't want anything that represented any kind of gangs to be uh, present in that moment. You know, they didn't want it to be drawing attention, you know, because gold, you know, black and gold together is, it's a sharp contrast, bro. And that shit sticks out from far, far away. Um, I think those are probably the most prevalent colors that you can probably put together, bro, as far as just contrast, you know what I'm saying? And, and they stick out like a sore thumb. So, you know, there was a good reason behind that, bro. When we wanted to be low key, we always made sure, Hey, no colors today, you know what I'm saying? Or, or whatever. Um, because that was a real thing. So they, and that, that was another question I had. So they have this. They have this park, which I imagine is just a city park in Chicago somewhere that they're having this picnic at. So are they just trying to play it, play it off as, oh, this is just a big group of people getting together for <laughs> a get together. And there's there's no gang thing here because I got to no, imagine well, this city was on to the fact that everybody in that park that day was kings. Right. So, so this is what you got to understand about Chicago and these neighborhoods is that when you are rooted in these neighborhoods, you own these neighborhoods, you don't have to play it off like it's anything. You know what I'm saying? You you run it. You don't care what anybody else thinks or says or because nobody's allowed to come over there. You know, that's what the security details for. That's what, you know what I'm saying? That's what they they plan for, bro. You know, like I'm sure these guys, they probably do mock-ups and stages. You know what I'm saying? Like these are, like I said, bro, these aren't just average kings that are foot soldiers. You know, a lot of times these guys are some of the main honchos that are getting together for these universal meetings where it's important for whatever to be said is being said. And so it's not going to be a situation where, you know, anybody's even going to have, it's going to be an area where they control, mm-hmm. you know, um, their, their input from everybody else is, is people are probably going to keep their thoughts to themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's not how Chicago is now, you know, comparatively speaking, if you say Milwaukee, yeah, if we show up at Pulaski park, 25 deep, you know, they're going to know, you know, that's not our neighborhood. It's not our area. What the hell are we all doing there? It's going to be obvious, Mm -hmm. but this is like their, you know, their shit, you know, their neighborhood or wherever it is. I I can't obviously geographically, I don't know. I can't say because I wasn't like familiar with the territory like that, but yeah. So this is probably one of these neighborhoods where the police don't go unless they absolutely have to (laughs) more or less. Right. Right, yeah. unless they're called, yeah, and it's it's something like that, bro. It's, it polices itself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so 
I see what you're saying, but definitely doesn't apply there. Um, so like what kind of things, I mean, so they bring all these people together. What do you, what do you, I, I mean, I guess the way I'm envisioning this is like, you're all there, you're all together, there's food, whatever, you're kind of hanging out, but then they have like speakers or something that come up and present concepts or something, or is this kind of on the right track of how this played out? Well, so there's obviously there's going to be a chain of command in these, in these uh, meetings and they're going to be structured and they're going to be ran by whomever the head of that meeting is, whether that's a regional Inca or an Inca with, you know, a lot of years in whoever it is, you know what I mean? A Supreme Inca, whoever it is, um, they're going to dictate how the meeting goes. <clears throat> and then as far as like, you got to remember, there's going to be a lot, there'll be a lot of Kings there. So it's not like you're going to have to speak up, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, you go down in order, you know, you can go in a circle, guys will put their crowns up and, you know, Oh, oh what do you got to say? Um, what do you got to say Racine or what do you got to say Kenosha or, what do you got to say, you know, Milwaukee and, and then so on and so forth, you know, Rockford and, and all these other little places. And, and, um, yeah, if there's gripes, you put them on the table. If there's requests, you put them on the table and everything's heard, you know? So like, what would be examples of requests? Like what would somebody request? Um, sometimes. Okay. So let's just say, let's just say Milwaukee was thriving you know, mm -hmm. at that time. And we had a surplus of guys, members, and every chapter had, you know, 20 members or 25 members and 30 members. And, you know, we can make a request and say, hey, listen, you know, we're looking to open another chapter in Milwaukee. You know, we got a surplus of guys, you know, we'd like the consideration for it. And then they, they consider it, you know, and if, if it fits and, and obviously they can make money off of it, they'll do it, you know. That's kind of so, what happened with like, with like the reservation guys, you know, um, champ getting permission to have that chapter up there. You know, they seen it was lucrative. They seen it was profitable and, um, they gave him the go ahead. So, and that isn't, does the, so I, I assume when you run that through in a normal situation, you would go to the regional Inca, but the regional Inca does not have the say that yes we can you can do this or not he has to then go back to chicago to get the okay on it is that kind of the process well the region yeah yeah but the regional inca um he's in control of that region and so he technically has the power to be to okay that okay move you know um there would have to be obviously you know, something sketchy going on in order for him to, to say, okay, well, let me go to my superior, you know, cause ultimately he has a superior. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually harmless, harmless requests, you know what I'm saying? Are like, that's a harmless request because it's, it's, it's relatively low risk for them, you know, um, because they're not going to trust any of the new guys to come down there. They're not going to even allow them to come down there until they're established. So all the risk is going to run, um, with the guys that are opening this new chapter, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, and then they're going to profit off it because ultimately more due money is, you know, more money for Chicago. So Interesting. yeah, it's, yeah, Th this whole, this whole flow is just, it's so chaotic yet so structured. It's, 
it's way more structured than I would have ever envisioned it being, but it's still so chaotic at the same time. It's just weird. So Yeah. Yeah. So if I were to if you know, trans transition into my next one of my next thoughts was or if we're in this hypothetical world again, right? I think one of the one of the other other side of that question I asked myself earlier um, about when, what would be considered my biggest failure, what would be considered my biggest success? And I don't think, um, I don't think anybody can really take credit for a success in, in that kind of lifestyle. I don't think you can really take credit for any politic, um, any political, element that you might have changed or anything like that because it's all I mean it's all it's all nonsense anyway right it's all bullshit <laughs> um so I guess my biggest success bro that I would I would um actually you know take credit for would be the fact that I've remained the same person throughout my stint you know I didn't change up on people you know the person that I was when I came in I was the same person all the way to the end it, it was there was there was very, very um, little variance, you know, in the way I treated my guys. It was always the same, you know. Um, and so that does that. <clears throat> that's not to say I didn't make bad choices and I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, piss guys off. But as far as the way I treated people and, you know, my heart and and my attention and my loyalty and dedication, it stayed the same, you know, uh, day in and day out. <clears throat> and that. That's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, anybody can say that, um, you know, until whatever, until whatever happened, right? Anybody can say that. But that's not true, though, bro, because you have you have so many, um, so many different guys who, for whatever reason, bro, things change them, you know, as they get older you know, maybe, maybe they, maybe they mature faster mentally or whatever it is. But, you know, a lot of times like with guys, we've talked about this before. It's like, um, girlfriends change some guys, you know, they're, they're, um, I guess their, their willingness to be around all the time, it, it changes. And so, yeah, I think, you know, I think there's different elements that change people. And a lot of people, they do things kind of based on the there and present, you know, like, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I think like we always go back to this guy cause he was one of my main, um, Incas. Right. But like Jay, you know, I think Jay was, and we've talked about this. He was a bad and he was a good leader, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 some people would say he's good. Some people would say he's bad. But whatever it was, I mean, he he uh, he owned it, you know. Yeah, well, and it, aren't you kind of going along the lines of where, you know, I don't know what he was like before he was a leader, but but did he change into this big power hunger? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay, that's because of go. leadership. Right. Way to bring me back. Okay, I appreciate. It. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Based based on myself, you know, I felt like I I just felt like I was consistent, bro. Um, and there's not there's not a lot of guys that can claim that fame, man. I guess you know there's there's very few, bro. 
um, that for whatever reason, throughout some point in their stint as a king, they either fall away or, or they start acting different. You know, and I can I can just run through the guys from 19th Street, for example, that they they altered. You know, they started turning in, you know, turning into something that they, you know, they really weren't. Maybe they thought they were mentally, you know, guys like I talked about it before, like Mike and Angel and um, to some extent that whole new generation that we had brought in. Mm-hmm. You know, it became a the ego was bigger than than the work that was being put in behind it. So they changed their their personalities changed, bro. So I don't know. I take credit in that, bro. You know, as, as far as like actual um, inner workings, I don't know. I don't know if I had. I don't know if I. I don't think I had. I know I didn't have a long enough run in leadership to have an impact on the street. You know, being locked up in leadership, I feel like that's, that's, it's easier. You know, you're, you're politicking from within and you're structured and and what you have going on. And ultimately it's just, it's just fights and bullshit like that. You know, in the street, you can actually like make changes. You can, you can dictate kind of how your chapter is ran. That's why we had different rules under different leaders. You know, I mentioned this, um, you know, Jay, for example, would have a stand in a circle for for our violations. He would have a, he would have a stand in a circle. <clears throat> you know, three guys would go, and then when they get tired, three guys come in. You know, and then you get somebody like Dre. Dre wants to put you up against the wall, um, like up against like a, a a mattress, and you just stand up against the wall, and then guys give you a violation like that, which I think is stupid, but whatever. <laughs> um, so it's just different different kind of little quirks like that, that leadership can, can institute. And so, yeah, I didn't have a long enough run to really be able to um, make any, you know, noteworthy impact. Um, So So if that's a quote unquote success, I I never had one. So do you think like, like you said, the biggest downfall of, of your time was the fact that you didn't have that strong leadership when you were in the leadership role, which caused people to become less tough or less dedicated, right? Am I saying that right? Would you? Is that how you would describe it? <clears throat> what do you mean? You mean that I didn't uh... like your first week? Your biggest weakness was the fact that that while you were in leadership, people got softer. They, you know, it was more of a friend karamity. Uh, I'm using butchering the word, but. You were more friends with yeah, everybody okay. and there was not a strong leadership there. And yeah, I see what you're saying. What I'm what I find interesting about that is is the fact that you never changed from the entire time you were a Latin king. That's probably a stems from part of the reason why that leadership element was missing when you were in leadership, because you were still treating everybody like friends and you weren't putting yourself higher than everybody else. So it's, it's right. I find it interesting that your strength is directly connected to your weakness. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's Which true. Is- uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that is that's true, man. Um, you know, being able to being able to distinguish the fine line between being a assertive leader and a big headed egotistical leader <laughs> is 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 probably it's really close. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the only, the only distinguishing trait that 
has to be there and has to be prevalent is leading by example, you know, but that's a walking contradiction in itself because as a Kasinka, you shouldn't be in the street shooting at people no more. You know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't have to do that anymore. That means that you've you've garnered enough respect from your 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 peers to be put in a position of power where they think, okay, you're you're more valuable to us as a mind. You know what I'm saying? We don't want you in the street anymore. We want you to be, you know, because that's ultimately what you're saying about a person. If you put them in leadership, you're saying your mind is is more important to us. We need you to lead us, you know, to prosperity, so to speak. My, I was too young enough. I was too, I was too young or inexperienced and and just naive to under to grasp that that's where a, a leader needs to lead from, you know, not always from the standpoint of we're a hundred percent fifty fifty, and you know I'm out here with you, and you know there has to be other elements of your job that you have to uphold, and 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 I'll make a, a small distinction. Right. And at, at work, for example, when you get into a leadership role in, in a construction trade, you know, it usually starts small, a couple guys. And then eventually you get, you know, you get more experience and it grows and it grows. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to be able to allocate responsibility, bro. You have to be able to to make sure they're doing their job right. And you also continue to work. You know what I'm saying? And so that's I think that's a that's a simple correlation to to what a good leader is, you know, being able to lead guys and at the same time, get your work done, you know, wh- whatever that is, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the street, mm-hmm. but, you know, we know the, the structure and the, the militant mindset is, it's ass backwards anyway, bro. It's, it's a broken, it's a broken system, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? And- but theoretically, you know, this is what we would be talking about. And the fact that you were there alongside them the entire time probably led a lot of them to view you as an equal to them because you were there doing the same things that they were doing. Whereas had you stepped away and said, no, I've done my time. Now it's time for you guys to go out and do this stuff. That probably would have garnered a lot more respect to you. They might not have liked you as much, but it would have garnered more respect where they're like, they would have, you know, right. put you in a and stronger that, that was, leadership position, I guess. Right. hundred percent. And that, that's, that's, that was my failure also as a leader, I guess, is that I was worried about being liked, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And usually when that element comes in, you're not worried about the best interests of what you got going on around you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're trying to appease everybody else instead of the common goal. You know, because the common goal would have been to make sure that the guys we're bringing in are respecting the hierarchy or, you know, uh, they do understand the difference between being serious and being on joke time. They do, you know, respect the the manifesto and all that shit like that would have been me doing my job, you know, opposed mm-hmm. to me trying to appease these young guys that were coming around that were older than me. You know, that was another reason why I was peer, I was looked at as a peer is because I was one of the youngest guys out there. But the reality is that, you know, when I was 13, even if these dudes were 15, 16, you know, they would have been having nightmares about the shit that I was doing, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, you're right. I should have, I should have, 
hindsight, I, I should have used that to my to my advantage. But uh, no, yeah, I think it's a it's a it was a good it was a good set of questions, bro, that I was asked and had to think about. I think it's good to reflect on it. Not not that you're saying, oh, um, how can you fix this organization or shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> if if anything, it's more of a it's more of a you know. A, 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 I guess a peek behind the curtain to really see just how unfixable it is. You know what I'm saying? Because because you have all the dynamics that we talk about all the time, and you mix them together, and there's no way that that combination can succeed. You know, um, so and that's kind of where I was at today. And especially since when you look at it, I mean, you were 15 years old, man. Yep. <laughs> you can't expect a 15-year-old to do that right. I mean, you just don't have the worldly experience. There are 40-year-olds that can't do that right. And right. to expect a 15-year-old to be able to do it right is just it's asinine. So Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, you know, when when I try to there had to be there had to be a, a pretty good level of respect, man. Like I, I look at those guys that were there that voted me into that position, that agreed with it. Um, the second time around, I was I was I was appointed there by by snuff the first time, and so to have that respect from your Incas it means a lot, and then to be re-voted in that says something about you, as as a you know as a member it says something about you. But you're right. Would would I have gotten re-voted in had I have started to really really enforce kind of how I was brought up or how I was taught? I don't know. I don't know. Because then yeah. it becomes a favoritism game, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Totally. So, yeah, it's it's all kind of a weird dynamic, and and it just goes back to like, like you should have. In in all honesty, it doesn't matter what you had done in the street. Really, you should have never been made a Kasinka because you just you, you weren't old enough to be doing that. You know? Yeah, I couldn't even. Fucking, I mean, I, I fuck. I couldn't even drive a car. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like. So that wasn't really a failure of yours. That was a failure of of the people voting you in, because <laughs> what they were asking you to do was just not a reasonable thing to be asking somebody of that age to take on. So yeah, but. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny, bro. Because I mean, on a completely, obviously, it's it's probably a, it's a different conversation for maybe a different day or whatever, but. If you think about it, bro, like just the 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 inner workings of any major happening, right? Whether it be a company or a gang and an organization and all the way up to politics, bro. The themes are usually the same. They just have different dynamics and different they usually have, you know, different out different uh risks and rewards and risk and rewards and 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 pros and cons, but the 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 themes and the leaderships and the structures they're all the same bro it's all it's all built the same you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying there's a top and then there's 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 the bottom and usually what's what makes them successful are strong leadership you know distinguishing themselves from the rest of the pack you're right bro i was too young enough to to understand that you know certain elements are needed you know and so, and so was my brother my brother was a good leader bro i think my brother was regarded as a really good leader but he also had that he had that weakness where he was considerate to people and their and their feelings and 
you know, he cared about, I guess I could say he cared about being like as well, you know? And so that, that's always going to, that's always going to have a negative effect, bro. Because once you, once you aren't able to distinguish your job from your relationships, then you're going to, you're going to blur the line and you're going to mix them together. Mm-hmm. And that's where all that favoritism comes in. You know, that's, that's why that happens. And right. I was, I was really super guilty of that, bro. You know, I was ride or die for my guys, you know, and um, if I'm being honest, bro, just the way we live, the way my guys live, we were probably as strong as we were as a unit. We were probably some of the fakest kings because we valued each other more than we valued the nation, you know, and that even goes like towards guys in different chapters, bro, looking down on their guys, judging other guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, who are we? Who were we? Um, obviously, yeah, we felt we had the juice to do that because of what we were doing for the nation in our mind and what they weren't doing for the nation in our mind. But still, though, you know, it's a, instead of instead of humbling ourselves and maybe showing and guiding, you know, we chastised and ostracized and, and made these 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 other members and different chapters out to be um, cast offs. And, you know, that's, that's a disease that happens in, in any, in anything, like I was talking about, bro, anything, Mm -hmm. you know, you can compare it to the house of representatives, right? This is a small trip down a, you know, winding road, but compared to, you know, the Republican party in the, in the house of representatives, right? Like ultimately, and even in the democratic party, they turned two parties into essentially four parties, you know, like now they talk about you know, extreme right wing liberals and then ultra conservative, or I'm sorry, extreme left wing liberals mm-hmm. and ultra conservative right, you know, right wing conservatives, Republicans, and how far on the opposite side of the spectrum they are, right? And then within its own party, there's factions and they don't always agree. And that's what happens in gangs, but that's what happens in chapters. Same thing, you know, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, you're running under the same crew, but you're not always going to see things the, the the same way. And what what might have always once been a truth might not always be a truth. Meaning, there might be a chapter that was really really pushover because of who their leader was, and then a stronger leader comes in, and now they're regarded as something different. So yeah, bro. Listen, if I had to be honest. You know, if I could use a comparison here, another comparison, like with regards to the Kings, when I think about Wild Walker, Wild Walker was so close to being shut down, bro, after Marky passed away. Like, literally, I was right there when Nick pulled up, you know, and had the conversation with Juanito and said, if you don't get your numbers up, we're shutting you down. Just like that. Mm-hmm. And then Pep took over and the numbers weren't great, but they got up and they stayed around. And that just... That shows, you know, that's not saying Pep was a great leader and Marky wasn't. Mark was a good leader. I liked Mark a lot, but I think Mark's standard for what um, a real king was, was a lot higher than a lot of people, I guess, than a lot of kings had um, the standard for, meaning that he wasn't just making kings left and right. Like they would have to put time in, be a future for a while, prove himself, be loyal, and and eventually they would become kings. You know, um, 
I told you I was a future for like nine months or some shit. And I, and it wasn't even whispers about me being, being made. <laughs> so, you know, th- there was just a standard, you know what I mean? There was a different standard that Mark had individually. Now, yeah, um, Walker had a high standard in general, but I'm saying different leaders have different standards, you know, Pep, you know, to his credit, he understood the sense of urgency when he got the job and said, okay, I got to get my numbers up. So the standard had to be lowered. And now you lower the standard for the guys that come in and then you get the quality difference. But so it's like that, man. It's like politics, bro. It's a, it's a game that's ongoing. I think there's so many ways to look at it, bro. And, and I think as I've gotten older and I've gotten involved in just like, you know, reading different shit and, you know, watching whether it be, um, you know, a stock channel or understanding big companies or trying to understand politics you know, religion, all these different big sectors in the world, you can literally compare, you know, gang life to to each to each one of those. And it stands up, especially a national organization. You know what I'm saying? So um yeah, I guess that's 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 what I got, man. That's where my thoughts were at. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The fundamentals of all religion, all these plate things are the same as as a gang. It is not that much different. It's just. Right. Where do you think the idea comes from? You know what I'm saying? It's a copycat, copycat world, bro. Like people see things and they say, okay, well that worked in that setting. So why couldn't that work in this setting? You know what I mean? Exactly. So interesting. All right. Well, with, with that, we can wrap this episode up. Um, As always, we do have a Patreon. You can check that out at patreon.com slash normalized crime. And if you do have questions, comments, or anything you want to tell us, you can reach out to us at normalizedcrime at gmail.com. We will be back in one week with the Patreon episode, two weeks with another uh, regular episode. And with that, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.